Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, what's up, community? This is Dave Swillam from the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 21 today. Today we have an episode where we kind of go inward a little bit on me to see some more things that make me who I am by talking to my sister, actually. So Tori Swillam is my sister, and she actually is going to talk to you today about writing her first book, which I'm super pumped on. It is about our experience growing up with our brother, Dylan, who has Down syndrome, and the role that kind of that mindset plays from really experiencing a life with someone like him. Uh, I can't really stress enough that if you have the time, it's really worthwhile investment to get to know someone in this community and really get to know and spend some time with them, even for a day. I really truly believe that it will change your life. It will change kind of the mindset that you have and the way that you look at the little things and the way that you look at confidence. And it's just been incredible. Growing up with him has meant quite a bit to my mental stamina and I I can't owe enough to him for that. So we talk about that. And also for you out there that might be thinking about writing a book, this was her first book that she ever wrote. And she wrote it as a junior in college. And I'm super proud about it. But we talk about some tips that she's come up with for how she wrote it and getting started. And, you know, at this point, guys, the distribution from the internet in the modern world right now, it's 100% doable to go into writing your own book, publishing it yourself, distributing it, and using social and websites to actually get that around and really not spend much money. So Tori's got some really good hot tips on how to do that. So it's totally mixed episode between practicality of of acting on writing a book and then a total gushy side to understanding like philosophically how we feel about, you know, the abilities community as a whole and down syndrome uh, macro effects on, on the way that you can think on life. So a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Super happy to share it with you. Thanks for checking it out. So welcome to episode 21 of the Waking Up From Work podcast, people. I am here today with actually the first time I've had family on my podcast. This is Victoria Swillam, my sister. Um, If any of you have been on Instagram, you have seen, I posted her book she just put out. It's called Life in Holland. And uh, it has a picture of our tattoos that we got together where basically, I mean, Life in Holland is, is pretty much about our upbringing with my brother who has Down syndrome, who is Victoria's fraternal twin. And uh, she wrote this book about kind of that relationship, the, the understanding of Down syndrome in public and the way that we perceive it, its development, and how her career that she's forming in dance actually plays a role in what she's doing to educate, help, and move forward in that industry. So Tori is right now about to be a senior at Dean uh, Dean College or University? College. Dean College. Yep. And down in Mass. And she's heading into senior year. And 
basically, um, she's been a part of the best buddies program forever and, and started that chapter at her school. Um, obviously her and I grew up with our brother Dylan, who's just played a huge part in our mindset. And I really wanted after I've been kind of meeting people and going out, um, and, and networking so much with this podcast, which has been phenomenal. I wanted to kind of get back into some of the internal factors that make me think the way that I do. So you folks can understand me and maybe benefit from some of the things that have made me, you know, good or bad who I am. So with all the life changes that I've been through recently, I really wanted to tap into Victoria this week. And I'm actually going to be talking to my wife on here next week. Um, and, and kind of deep, deep dive into some of these topics of what they're going through is these parts of their lives and mine as well. So welcome, Tori. Welcome to the Waking Up From Work podcast. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about doing this for a while. My book's been out for probably a little over a month at this point. So, I mean, I had told you about the book way back. Way back. In like probably the fall of last year so fall of 2018 when I first like was confirmed that I was doing it and I hadn't told anyone else besides you and my fiance and I had to hold it back I had um, to hide it and I'm bad at keeping secrets I am too that's why I had to tell somebody yeah and I knew I didn't want to tell my parents because it was going to be kind of like a surprise or like just like a ta-da kind of deal but um yeah, I'm bad and I at- talked to mom and dad like probably an unhealthy amount, so it's yeah. very hard. It's and very I- hard to keep that secret <laughs> from them. From them. I mean, I yeah, I probably call mom like once a day. So the fact that I was like had this in the back of my head for like months was just it was really hard. And there was a lot of times that I certainly wanted to just be like, "Hey, I'm writing a book," but I knew that it would be more meaningful and it would be cool if I could just give them the finished product than like have a bunch of questions thrown my way about stuff that I may not have the answer to yet or, you know, just deal with the process kind of. So like for people that don't know you, I think like they see tidbits of you through my Instagram or my chatter, but like, why don't you tell my audience kind of like where you're at, what you're doing, pursuing your own stuff, and then how that kind of tied into the creation of this? So, yeah, well, as you said, like, I'm a senior now, which is insane. I Crazy. Mean, I don't know how I got to that point already, but I'm a senior at Dean. Um, and I'm a dance major, which, I mean, most of the time when you first tell people that, it's, they're kind of like, oh, or they're like, what do you, what do you, what are you going to do with that? Oh, my God. You know, that kind of deal. Anything with the arts is kind of, you We've know, talked about it on the podcast yeah. for mine is the, it's the same way. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. so like, what are you going to do when you fail at that? What's your plan and B? Don't make a living on that and then go do something else. My favorite is like, oh, like, what are you studying? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm a dance major. And they're like, okay, like anything else? Like, are you majoring in anything else? Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Like, what do you mean? That's I, the thing that I'm niching niching in. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I, per semester, I mean, obviously it varies, but I'm usually taking, like, this past semester I had 10 classes. 10. 10 enrolled college courses and it's like if you go ask like I mean all majors you know have their purpose and everything's great but like you go ask like 
I don't know, a business other, major. Other respected like, majors. Other respected majors. More respected Hey, majors. what are you doing? Oh, I'm just I take, chilling. I take three classes. I'm napping. Four classes. It's like, what do you do with the rest of your time, in all yeah. honesty? I know that struggle. So, and, so yeah, so I'm a senior there, and I'm studying dance, just dance, that is all. I mean, granted, I, <laughs> take, I take- And I study dance, just dance. Just dance, that is it. Do not ask me anything else. <laughs> Plan B, don't have one, thanks. Um- but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I have a concentration in studio management. So at some point in the future, I do want to own my own studio and I want to focus on, uh, this broad term of adaptive dance, which is dance within the, the special needs community. Um, so not just down syndrome, but I mean, obviously that's kind of where my specialty, if, if you will, is, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know all types of disabilities, you name it, but that's kind of what I want to focus in, although I want to offer other classes, of course, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, you're doing, you're also doing it, that stuff at the Boston Ballet. Yeah. You're also doing courses right now, helping people with different mental abilities. Yeah, so um, I work at the Boston Ballet School uh, in Newton, uh, sometimes Boston, Mass, but um, I do a lot of like uh, studio administration stuff. Um, I'm slowly getting into teaching. It's it's hard because you know there's there's a lot of uh, competition and they have a lot of staff, fabulous staff. But so I'm getting in there a little slowly but surely, and I volunteer with their adaptive program. Um, and they're very, very well known for their adaptive program. They were one of the first big names to really start that kind of deal. Cool. Um, so it's fun to volunteer with them, uh, get involved on in that aspect. And then back in Franklin, Massachusetts, where my school is, there is um, at the senior center, actually, it's not like a part affiliated with a dance school or anything, just at the Franklin Senior Center, um, I instruct a group of adults. They're not, they're, def- they're all older than me. They're all like 30s and 40s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all different abil- abilities. Some have Down syndrome. Uh, most of them don't, though. Just, yeah, different abilities. That's awesome. It's, and so, like, these these things that you're up to have kind of accumulated into the creation of this book. Yeah, so, I mean, I certainly couldn't have done this without um, Joan Phelps Palladino. She guided me through the whole process of writing this book. Um, She's the founder of the Dean College School of Dance. So she is the reason why Dean College has a school of dance. She created everything. Crazy. So, yeah, no, she's phenomenal. Um, what a beast. Yeah, no, she's she's been around. <laughs> she has been around for sure. Um, she's a sweetie. She, I love her. Um, but, yeah, so she, every semester um, at Dean, she picks... I believe it's three, three every semester. Um, she picks three students a semester um, who have strong passions in one way or the other. Usually, um, inv- they're all dance majors, usually involving um, writing topics about dance of some sort. Um, but mine was obviously a little bit different. She, I mean, some books have touched upon dancing with um disabilities and like dance therapy kind of deal but uh nothing that was like a personal 
story or um, more focused on Down syndrome and less focused on dance. Um, Yeah, so she kind of helped me through the whole thing and made it happen in a very short amount of time. Very cool. Definitely. I mean, I never even thought about like, you know what I want to do one day? Like, I think I want to write a book at some point in my life. Like, it never really came across to me until I started hearing about uh, the the people just refer to it as like, you know, like the book project. Right. Um, And I like started seeing like an upperclassman do it. And I was like, you know what? And one of my friends also uh, participated in this last semester. It seems something it seems like something foreign. Yeah. It seems like something that you don't just do. Right. And And then you maybe like like after you did this, do you feel like you could like you will write another or you can write another? Like how did this feel when you did this? I am. It was definitely nice to do it in a format that I had deadlines to meet because I feel as though like I'm the type of person that if I had to do it on my own, it probably would have gotten pushed back for a lot longer. Um, But the fact that I had to like consistently be writing and like obtaining to a deadline, it made it a lot easier. It made it doable for me. And I feel like if you hold yourself accountable for things like that, like, you know, you could get so much more done. Right. Like we had um, George Pedersen, who is like a meditation facilitator on just recently, I think episode 19, um, him and Sydney. And right now I know like I was just talking to him. He is writing his first book and he said that he's starting to do things where he has to set like kind of deadlines and guidelines and and day to day basis for like, I'm going to write five pages a day. Right. Even if it's not good content, I'm going to write five pages a day or I talk to some of my musician friends and they'll wake up at five and they 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 write music for two hours a day and and it could be shit music, but they write it and they (laughs) they basically hold themselves accountable to like no matter what I'm going to I'm going to output. My thoughts or creativity every day and then in there or, um you know, in there, I'll get the content I want or that just like that structure, basically having them. Yeah. Making them do it. Yeah. See, so for the process of me writing this book, I mean, it's different than the average person trying to publish a book because mine was in the format of like, okay, this is essentially one gigantic assignment where at the end of the semester I had, I had to be done. I had to give a presentation on it. I had to be done. Right. And so I am quite literally like queen procrastinator, I will do every single assignment the night before it's due or the night of that it's due. If it's due at midnight, like it will be being done at 11, 1130. Yeah. Like it, I just, I, I've tried to do assignments differently and I just can't. I sit there and I stare at the computer and I quite literally will not do it. I would have the entire day and it'll be getting done at in the middle of the night and if that's the way it gets done though i (laughs) mean whatever whatever makes it happen it doesn't yeah so i mean for me procrastination isn't bad because it's when i actually do things so So what you're saying is that when you're (laughs) getting ready while dad and i are packing up boxes around you to go give this presentation that like that's not always the best way to do it but it works for you yeah okay yes and so essentially like (laughs) So me and Joan, we would meet every Wednesday to discuss 
you know, whatever I had written the previous week, whatever I had sent her, um, you know, formatting pictures, like whatever was whatever I had turned into her for that week. So she said to me in the beginning of the semester, you know, I want a section or like a layout or whatever it was. I want you to email it to me Sunday night or Monday night. So I started with Sunday night and Monday night. Yeah, no, but in the beginning of the semester, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to tell myself Sunday night. So the first like two (laughs) weeks, the first like two sessions, I got stuff to her Sunday night and it was just like layouts because, you know, when you first start, you're writing, you know, outlines and layouts and whatever. So yeah, okay, Sunday night it is. But then when like the actual writing came down and like, you know, my words had to be on paper. Yeah. Monday night it was. And I also worked on Monday night. So like I'd get home from work at like 10 and be like, all right, well, I'm going to like eat and now I'm going to shower and like, oh, crap. All right. Now I have to start writing. I'm and usually I would just like not. bang out pages and pages and email them to her. And that's just like what I do. Like I'm not going to write my I'm not even going to write like good quality stuff if I do it beforehand. Like I just have to like sit there and know that like I have to do this right now. You like there's no other option. You work under the gun. Like you yeah. need to you need to have that pressure and yes. you need to have that like there's no option for you but success to get Yes, I I need the no other way out of it. If there is another way out of it, then I'm going to probably take that way. I remember Sundays, <laughs> that's when like discussion posts were due for my masters, and I was pretty good at not procrastinating for most of that. But those mm-hmm. Sunday discussion posts, like I just hated the discussions. So like I remember every Sunday we were like super into the walking dead and then we would watch that. And then I would just like disappear immediately to go do this discussion post. And I found like a trick where like, if I posted a YouTube video and I was like, this is incredibly related to your content. Like when I'm just talking with other people, people would see like that alternate media than just written word as me being more engaged with it and then validate that my discussion was better and I didn't have to put in as much work. So I I hacked it a little bit, but, um, that was definitely the procrastination side in me, but Yep. I I don't know. I mean, it just that's just how I have to do things. So so that's like, how I've made it through college. That's just how how I do it. For someone so because like this just kind of happened. Yeah. And it's really cool. Like for someone out there that they're all in on a topic or they think that they're kind of like you with the dance and you like your unique perspective to dance. And you're like, I've really got a topic I want to cover Yeah. for, for listeners or people out there that are like, Hey, I could, I would love to write a book on this topic. That's unique. Or just because I I'm all in on this topic. Do you have anything like, can you explain kind of what the process looked like? I know that you had a mentor helping you with the project, but like what could someone kind of look at for a process from the start to finish of, writing their own book um i would kind of start out with just like a bunch of outlines which is kind of like what i did is although i'm like a huge procrastinator i'm also like very organized somehow so i just write everything down like if something comes to my head just write it down even if you don't have like a place to put it but you just have like this idea or this Oh, I want to do this section, this section, this section, like just write down, okay, section one, blah, blah, blah. Even if it's not section one, just like write it, just whatever section. 
title section title and then when you come up with like things that can go in that section just write bullet points so framing out framing out like the the skeleton of it so saying like would you go did you know every single chapter already to start out with did you say like chapter one is going to be based off of this content and then you went section by section there you're like how did you frame that out that way basic yeah basically because uh before you could like submit to um like officially do this book book project uh with Joan you have to obviously come up with a topic um nothing is ever like set in stone too like if I ever decided oh just kidding like this doesn't fit or this I don't really like this anymore you can always just like delete it which is also like why I I just write everything down I also like forget things all the time so if I don't write it down it would Gone. leave my brain forever yeah, I, it would never come back i literally just ran a voice memo while i was driving home the other night from work and sang in my truck for like 30 to 45 minutes trying to remember and record lyrics and melody for a song yeah and i look like a crazy person but i knew yeah. that if i didn't do that you'd forget it i would forget that song forever yeah forever. i have a million would... of those too yeah and so I don't know. I'm like a huge outlining person because for me, if I see it like written down on whatever, I mean, I guess people don't really use paper, but if it's written down on your computer and you have like a word document that says, but like book layout or early book layout, whatever you want to call it, um, like it makes it more doable if you see it, like you see, oh, okay, I have to write this chapter. I have to write a chapter about this. Um, I want to write a chapter about this, a section about that. Uh, I want to include this quote, this quote, this quote. And like, I don't know, just, you know, oh, I have this picture that would be great in this section somewhere. I don't know where, but it's going to go there. As long as, I don't know, for me, like I'm a very visual person. So if I see it, it makes it a lot more doable if I'm like, oh, that's what I, okay, that's what I have to do. So create, so obviously have like a thesis, like this is the reason for this book, right? Yeah. Then a skeleton of this is the general like things that need to be covered in the order they need to be covered and then setting deadlines holding accountability to yourself yeah for writing those segments like little by little basically is kind of yeah and how i you mean got to it i feel like everyone would do this on their own pace it also depends on how long like your book is going to end up being but obviously the accountability part is huge if you're not doing it no one else is going to do it for you so it's not going to happen, you know, like that's a huge thing in itself, but also just like, um, yeah, I mean, having the outline, even if it's not the exact order you want it, like say you want to switch this and this and you want the order to be different, who cares? You just copy and paste it to somewhere else. Like, right. At least you got the content out. Right. And it's just like about, having an idea in your head of what you're want, like what you want to accomplish at some point. So, and then what did you end up using? Cause like I ended up getting this book, right? Like, yeah. and you have this up on Lulu, like how do you, how does this get distributed to people if they want to buy this book or if they want to sell their own book? How do you, how did you decide to distribute this? Yes. Yeah, so and create it. Um, well I had everything, everything I did was in a word document. Uh, all my pictures just everything microsoft word straight straight word but if you use lulu uh which is free by the way to get your books on there you don't have to pay you don't have to pay them anything um you download their template 
they have their own like uh, Word document template. You copy your stuff out of your Word document, paste it into their template, and it's like, I don't know, whatever this is, seven by nine or something like that. Yeah. Um, And it changes the formatting into like, you know, how like some, like in a book, like on the left page, there's a certain indent and on the right page, there's a different indent, whatever. They do it. So that template does that. It changes it to the page size. And then you just kind of have to go through and like, you know, fix your like move your pictures around or like do whatever you need to do to make it look good essentially. Um, and I mean, that was pretty much it. Then you go on their website and you upload it. You upload the template, you upload your front cover, back cover and you, you press save. I mean, it's, it's really, it's pretty easy. It's honestly pretty easy. And Lulu has their like customer service, like chat that comes up. And like, if you're having trouble, you can like chat the people. And they and manufacture then, it, right? So like you yeah, don't so, you don't do you pay in advance for that or you pay by like they go by book like how does it Um go? I personally don't do anything. It's on their website and so say I mean like when I first like put this out I put like the link in my Instagram bio and I put the link on my Facebook. Yeah. So if you just click like whoever clicks on the link they can buy it straight from Lulu and I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, you don't you're not manufacturing anything. You yeah. don't have these stacked up in a closet somewhere. Nope. You just created it. Yep. on Microsoft Word, yep. and then have it up. Yeah, I mean, nowadays with technology, it, it's, it's, it's easy. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's easy. It's very yeah, it's diff- hard work. It's, diff- it's hard work. Still collecting but, thoughts and right, time. Right, right. But the end, creating the end product online is the easy part. And, I mean, I guess that's what is crazy about technology is basically distribution is ours now. Like, if you want to write a book and then you want to sell a book and manufacture and distribute mm. the book, Mm-hmm. You can do that for free. Yeah. And if you want to have a podcast, like it costs me money to have this podcast, but it's not like anything happened for me to have a podcast. It's not like anything happens for you to put a movie up on YouTube. Distribution is free and unlimited. And it literally is like, if you want to do it, then you can. It's right. just about like, what is unique about what you're offering? Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm making money when I sell a book. I'm not rich off of it, but. You know, I mean, they. There's Lulu, no loss, basically. Right. Lulu, for anyone to do it. Lulu takes their share for printing it and sending it out. But, I mean, I, I make money off of it. Yeah, you don't lose money. No. There's, not, there's nothing to lose. There's no money to lose. That's awesome. Yep. Do you think you'll write another? Um, I don't know. I mean, this combines two of my most passionate topics. So. Maybe like a more extensive part two, but um, I don't know. So obviously I wanted to cover writing a book for people that are maybe considering it or just jumping in on it. But I also really wanted to dive into the topics on this because for people that, that didn't know, like our, our brother Dylan basically has had probably the most pivotal impact on my mindset for life possible growing up with a brother with Down syndrome that I thought that it would be something that, you know, even if people don't necessarily get the just of it from this podcast, maybe people jump in further to read or listen on the Down syndrome community or or even just like, if I can make it so that one person takes that extra second to pay attention and listen to someone 
conversing with them in public who has Down syndrome or when they run into them to take a second and try to appreciate and understand where their headspace is at. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like whenever I get mad about shit, whenever I, you know, get, get aggravated or down or um, just upset over things that like seem like a really big deal. For me, like at least the impact has been like when Dylan wakes up in the morning, he has zero expectations of what the world owes him. He has zero expectations of what people think about him or really care about what they think about him in any public setting or anything that he's doing for mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And he just, he's not, he doesn't look at anything and try to understand, you know, whether it should be a positive or negative thing to life he just takes things as they go and then learns from it and adapts and i think that there's like a basic principle to that that like even growing up with dylan for this amount of time i feel like a lot of those have rubbed off of of my head to 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 get into that space but I still constantly have to remind myself like the way that he thinks when I'm thinking out a situation because I feel like we get caught up in the stupid shit every day of something that is a bigger deal that, 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 that doesn't have to be or getting caught up with how someone thinks about us dis- discerning how we make our decisions or something like that. And I, I still even living with someone like that for this amount of time, it's still hard to like not get caught up in the other crap and not think that way. Like, what do you think, like, what do you think about growing up with him? Like, what is that? I don't know. I mean, that's definitely one of the biggest ones is like not worrying about what other people are thinking about you because Dylan literally, he could not care less about what someone is saying or what someone is thinking about him. He will propose to someone in a friendlies he will propose to the waitress (laughs) at every restaurant he will go to disney world and start a conga line with 10 random strangers that he like doesn't know (laughs) that just that's that's living with dylan right there is random dancing in public if there's like speakers in like a mall like he'll just like stroll down the hallway just dancing and like doing whatever down the down the strip at Hampton Beach. Yeah, and that's just like that's just him. Like he's not even like trying to be funny. That's he's just doing it because he feels like it. And it's like all the random urges that you have, <coughs> you know? Like you have random urges you're like I want to do that really stupid thing, like that really random thing that yeah, I do to Meg like... all the time and it pisses her off when I'm at home, but like would I do that on the sidewalk? I usually don't. Where he's just like yeah, I really want to do that random thing. I'm going to absolutely <laughs> do that right now. Yeah, and like the reason why like Cuz I want to do it. People don't like just randomly start dancing when they hear music is because it's like, "Oh, people are going to think I'm weird." Right. People by habit want to randomly dance to that music like immediately if they hear like their song play in the middle of Times Square, but like they don't want to because it's weird whereas Dylan has like zero filter for that. He's like, "Oh, I feel like dancing right now. I'm going to immediately dance." Like yeah, I don't know. And I think that like <laughs> Yeah. I I don't know. I think that more than anything kind of stuck with me, especially like throughout like, you know, middle school and high school where it's like the most like daunting or like the most 
I don't know, like teenagers are judgy. I mean, everyone's judgy, but like that's the time where people are like really like on edge about like what people think about them. Like that's when they're trying to like, you know, create who they think they are. And I feel like in high school, I was just like that person was like that person that was like, oh, someone like someone comes up to me with the gossip like, oh, someone so said like they don't like you. I'm like, okay, And like, I don't care. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's the best. Like the the power to not care is like. I don't know. I find it extremely powerful. It's not that you don't. I don't know. It's hard to explain because there's there's two different versions of not caring there's like the shitty not caring and then there's like the carefree yeah he doesn't not care in terms of like taking actions that could adversely affect other people that he's aware of and then choosing to do so despite it for himself he doesn't care in the sense that like i don't know that there's there's no hesitation to do the thing that he wants to do through fear or judgment he just acts on that i guess yeah uh, like like like, it it is hard to explain because if someone's not in the mindset of not caring or like it's hard like it's hard to explain how that works because some people don't know how to not care do you know what i mean right so it's hard to explain how to get into a mindset like that or like how to how to describe a mindset like that but just essentially the fact that like you know don't let other people get to you and determine what you do as a person yeah i mean like you're in best buddies so like you're working in a program that's taking people who may not have come into as much contact with different people like Dylan and you're putting them directly to be partnered up with them to hang out like on a day-to-day basis. What do you see in terms of like their reactions, what they learn or what they're doing with this community to like, what do you see from that? Well, some of it's kind of complicated because most of the time you're not taking like random people into the club. Like, people are joining the club because they've either been in Best Buddies before or they've heard of it. They know what it is. Like, you're not taking people most of the time. They're not, like... Generally speaking, like, they're not coming into it blind. You know what I mean? Like, like they they even... Well, sometimes themselves already have a family member that they've come in contact with. They're like, this is why I want in. Yeah, or, like, say they have, like, a cousin or... You know, my my friend's sibling has uh, a disability or, oh, yeah, uh, my high school had best buddies and I've always wanted to do it. So I'm going to do it now. But also being in best buddies for so long. uh, Those of you who don't know, um, best buddies is a worldwide uh, organization that focus on focuses on uh, many different things. But for my purposes, it's creating friendships um, for those who don't easily have friends, unfortunately. Um, so, but being in best buddies for so long, I mean, that's a whole network of carefree people. You're constantly with people who, who don't care what you look like. They don't care if you do something silly or dumb or whatever. They don't care what you wear. They don't care about any of that stuff. They, they're just happy to be there. They're happy to be with whoever they're with, you know, all they care about is that you're nice to them. 
Right. You know, like, yeah, I'm so I'm constantly surrounded by this community of people who don't see any of the things that some people focus on so much. I guess, like, what's refreshing about it to me is that we work very hard as a society and there's a lot of things that we're doing and we're getting a lot better at truly not looking at, you know, people's backgrounds, people's demographics, like what they look like, what their age is, like what their, you know, all of their, all their preferences and, and things like that. We're working really hard as a society and we're gaining good ground on it. But like at the end of the day, we all just have these built-in biases that just are mm-hmm. almost at like a level that we can't reach sometimes to, to ward off despite how conscious we are of it. Whereas I feel like that community truly unconsciously sees no difference between people and, yep. and reacts to them just based off of like pure gut. Like if you're a dick to me, then I don't like you. Yeah. And if you're nice to me in any way, or you're just not a dick to me, then I'm going to be warm and welcoming and receiving yeah. of you. And, honestly, and it's like, it's something that we can't even like, I, I can't even comprehend that despite how open I feel like I am to people to, to walk in yeah. a room and not judge literally anyone, have no pretense to anything and just walk up to anyone that I want to and, and converse with them and try to own the time with them. It's, it's, it's that, that's what hits me where like whenever I catch myself like starting to think back in any manner, I had to be like, damn, like people are able to literally walk in a room. Dylan can walk in a room and have zero zero pretense or judgment on anyone in that room mm-hmm. before they do something to adversely affect his perception on it. And it's like, despite anything that I do to try to work to be that open, it's just hard to be that way. It's and, really hard to, to think that way. And the thing is, is like, honestly, like, yeah, sure. They're not like, yeah, if you're being an asshole to them, then like, they're probably not going to talk to you again. Or like, maybe, yeah, sure. They're going to go pick to talk to somebody else. But honestly, like, they're still going to be sweethearts to you is the thing is like Dylan, like even if you do him wrong, like he's still going to be Dylan towards you. Right. And he's, which sucks. He's a smart dude and he knows too uh-huh. when people are being that way. And he'll sometimes like give them sass, but like at the end of the day, like he's just still not going to like fight anyone and oh, he's yeah. not going to start like trying to like, harm them emotionally with with banter you know what i mean like he's gonna give them sass he's and not he's gonna, gonna start cyberbullying you yeah it's just like there's no other like ulterior motive and like i'm just like as a society like as all although like things are progressing and people are getting better about uh accepting different communities i feel as though the disabled communities the last in the race no one no one draws any attention to, i shouldn't say no one but like really though it's not, not really it's not, not many in the people media. talk about it they're it's still not. they're still the forgotten the forgotten community yeah so yeah but there's people like us out here trying yeah but, yeah so like what do you see like th- there's it's it's tough because in this you you cover several topics where like yeah. you're covering how people perceive down syndrome and the things that they should do to alter that perception you cover basically like what down syndrome is for people who have never come in contact with it and you cover mm-hmm. how dance can assist in it really mm-hmm. you know how can you know not even talking to down syndrome but like how can 
how do you see dance and art and things like that being able to facilitate with people with disabilities or differences, essentially? Like, what are you seeing from the things that you're doing right now with those programs? Well, a lot of people are beginning to see different um, forms of art, such as, you know, dance or even like painting or music or any of the, any, you know, anything under the sun. People are starting to recognize those as forms of like therapy. Uh, so not that I'm, you know, a licensed therapist or dance therapist or any of the above, but, you know, uh, dance for anyone can be seen as some sort of, have some sort of therapeutic, uh, you know, benefits, uh, if you will. So, I mean, that's for anyone. That's not, you don't have to have a diagnosed disability to, you know, receive some of the benefits that dance has. But, um, I don't know. I mean, just in my classroom alone, like those people are just so happy to be there. They love to move. They love when the music comes on, like when the music comes on, like they just like, they have the beat, you know, like they're, they're, you know, their inner rhythm just like gets going and they're like, they're just so happy to be there. They, they just love it. I don't know how else to explain it. Then it's like, it's like very, it's like their very basic instincts reaction and they just let that go without holding it back yeah and it has like a social aspect to it too you know um them all being there together as a class uh, they feed off each other's energy you know if everyone's having kind of like a a a tired day and everyone's kind of droopy like they still come to dance and they still have a great time but you feel it like you feel it in the room right and i mean like I guess from the music perspective, like I think about, you know, there can be people in my percussion ensemble that I'm in, or there can be people in a band that I'm in that I don't like as a person. You know what I mean? There's people that I've played music with. I don't like them. I really don't like them, you know, but when I play music, I don't think about that. And it doesn't bother me either. Like, like it doesn't, like I'm not sitting there playing like the drums, you know, with this other person playing mallets or whatever they're doing and i'm not thinking about like that guy was a dick to me last night i really don't like him i don't have time for that (laughs) i'm like doing i'm doing an art and they're doing it they're participating in it with me so it's like there is something about the arts where it's a language that has nothing to do with talking or like it's an unspoken language and it's an unspoken truth Mm -hmm. to be a part of something that's like sub uh, i don't know sublime like sublime like well that's the thing you can do dance and not explain anything to anyone oh yeah you can do music and and not explain it to anyone and you can be bad or good at those and i feel like there's still something that can be Mm -hmm. done to relay it yeah and the thing is is it's funny you bring up like you know the unspoken language is because there are a couple students that i have that are nonverbal. they can't talk they they cannot they can't talk and but like we still we get each other you know like you Although, yeah, okay, they can't talk to me verbally, but I can still have a form of conversation with them. And, you know, you get to understand, like, their personality and, um, you know, what they like and what they don't like and what they think is funny. And it's great. Like, there is nothing stopping me from having a connection with these people just because they're nonverbal. And that, like, kind of goes along with, you know, one of the stigmas of people with different abilities is the fact that 
oh, well, you know, they're, they're nonverbal. How am I supposed to communicate with them? Well, there's plenty of ways to communicate with people that doesn't include words. Right. So, like, I'll automatically exclude this person because I assume that they... They aren't intellectual or they, they can't have a conversation. It's like, okay, they can't have a verbal conversation, but they still are a person. They have a personality. They have likes and dislikes and it's not really not as different as people perceive. Right. Like, and I don't know, like Dylan might not talk with me about like presidential candidates, you know, (laughs) but like he can understand subjects that he can understand just such a basic human interaction on on pretty much anything even if i'm venting to him about like a topic that he doesn't know about i think he's able to understand and communicate with me better than so many other people that are even in that same industry Mm. i don't know yeah i mean even when you think he's not listening he is like he could be in the other room and like he's definitely eavesdropping on you so Chances are, if you go to talk to 100%. him, chances are, if you go to talk to him about something, he probably already has an idea of what's going on. It's insane because <laughs> we do it too. Yeah, we do it too. Where we we're like, oh, he's listening to his headphones. He's on his iPad. He's definitely in a different planet right now. And then, like thirty minutes later, he just trashes on your favorite sports team, yeah. or he's just trashing on like whoever it is that you were talking about as like an actor or something like that. You're like, the hell, yeah. Something else. Damn. Yeah. So you listen to my episodes. Yep. I got it. Cap it out. How do you feel? I don't know. What? So I do agree that it's supposed to be cap it off. From where? Where did you ever hear that? I don't know. But exactly. I've, I've heard it from somewhere. I don't think so. Cap it off. I don't cap know. Cap it up. Wait, what do you say? Cap know. it up? I say cap it out. Cap it out cap it out capping it out could it just be a slang rendition of capping it off that i've created because i'm so street maybe here in danville new hampshire but like i also don't know what you would use cap it off for this cap it off i use it specifically to end the waking up from work podcast it is that perfect of a statement cap it off there's nothing else that you can do you say cap it out Cap it out. Cap it off. See, you're trying to change me. (laughs) You're trying to change me. So I guess like when when it comes to this book or like you're super early on your career and you're already like in a really good position, right? Like Mm -hmm. what, what's the, what's like the best thing that you've ever done in this process so far? Like going after this, like what, yeah. What's the best idea or thing that you've done so far to set yourself up for what you want to do? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, just seizing opportunities, just going to generalize as that. There's not like one specific thing. I feel like it's just like coming all together. I mean, I feel like I, I picked the right school for me. It's absolutely perfect for what I want to be doing. I seized an opportunity from an internship that I had, and now I have a job that could lead into a career if I wanted it to. And 
now I can call myself a published author, which is really cool and not something that, you know, not a lot of people get to say about themselves. For sure. So I would just say, you know, taking risks and opportunities that I think have benefits. I don't know. That's fair. Like, you don't have to add more than that. That's a fair thing to say. What about, like, throughout this process, what's one thing that, like, you know, people, they're heading into their junior year of school or something, or they're going to head to college right now. What was, what's something that you're like, don't do this? Like, this is one thing that's, like, the worst choice I've made, or or it doesn't have to be the worst thing ever, but just something where you're like, that kind of sucks to do. I don't I uh, I don't know. I would say like don't like close yourself off from people cuz I feel like my like freshman and maybe my sophomore year of uh college I you know stuck with like you know like my small friend group which is like great. Definitely keep your close friends as close as possible, but I felt like I was kind of like closed off from you know the rest of my dance community yeah. and now that I've kind of opened up to that, um, you know, starting starting your network early is important. So definitely don't close yourself off to people. I think that's also fair. Yeah. Well, so I totally skipped this one. I definitely want to ask this to you. So like we talked when we kicked off about how when you talk about your major and you say I'm a dance major and people go like, well, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like mm. what made you pursue this? where you're like, I'm going after this thing that people give me shit for, but I'm I'm confident that I'm going after this thing and this is exactly what I'm doing. What made you pursue what you want to do in a serious way to go after this? Well, honestly... And it's not an easy thing that you're trying to do. No. It's not the easy way. It's not, but I can't picture myself doing anything else. And then... Growing up, I thought I was going to be like a school teacher or like a special education teacher. Uh, But then as I got older, I realized I was like, I cannot stop dancing. I can't be one of those people that dances for 13 years. Oh, I've danced since I was three years old and then just drops it. What do you mean you just drop it? You graduate high school and you throw it away? Like you just worked so many years on that. And did it like... I mean, there's to- it's totally fine for people to go off to other career paths, but I just for me, I I couldn't just all of a sudden drop something like that and do it like recreationally. I so and you know, I once you start researching colleges and whatnot, it's like, yeah, no, I I'm not going to be doing anything else but this. I'm going to dance, and that's that's what I'm going to do. Fair. I mean, that's pretty much what this podcast is about. Yeah. So, you know why. Why? I mean, yeah, sure. I want to own a dance studio. I want to be a business owner. But why? Why go to school f- for just business? I mean, I guess someone could come back to me and be say, "Why go to school for just dance?" But it's like I'm getting a very well-rounded. Just have just have degree, a target so. to hit, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and Ryan and I are actually going to do an episode real soon about kind of like pros and cons of college to people that are thinking about it. Just so people think about it, like just 
just yep. have a target is basically like don't yeah. don't just do the things to to do things. Well, the thing is, is like for dance, you technically don't need a degree. Like you can be a dance teacher with no degree. In music, you, you can, don't either. Yeah, you can be a performer with nothing. Like and honestly, business, you, you don't either. No, there's plenty of people that are entrepreneurs yeah. that have no. Yeah. Like you see people that go on like Shark Tank and stuff, and they're like, oh, I have this degree, but I'm doing this. You know, stuff like that. So, like, yeah, you don't need a degree for dance, but I'm getting, like, a good, well-rounded education and also dancing, like, you know, 14 hours a week. So, yeah, I love it. And, yeah. So, besides your book, which I will have in the show notes for people who want to check this book out, um, it's a super quick read. And um, for me, I mean, it means a lot to me, obviously. But um, I think that there's good stuff in here if you do want to try to connect with some of the communities the messages that we were talking about are there any other books or or movies or inspirations that you have that you'd recommend to the audience could be on down syndrome could be on dance uh well if you check out um my book you'll read in there a poem uh by emily pearl kingsley it's called welcome to holland that's what my title is based off of as my title's life in holland um, but you know, if you don't end up purchasing the book, um, you can read this poem and kind of get a, a gist of, you know, uh, what it's like if you're about to expect a child, uh, with a disability and just kind of, uh, you know, get a little tidbit of what the book It's like actual, it's into. like how to actualize what's happening yeah to kind of understand what that yeah. means to you so that and then um best buddies itself has a lot of information on their website about uh, like statistics about jobs or friendships um and then the uh national down syndrome society their website has a boatload of resources and information uh, about down syndrome and everything under the sun with that cool yeah um where do people keep up with you if they want to see what you're doing with dance and you're going through career or they want to see what you're doing with your book or whatever where can people keep up with you on social or websites or anything like uh well i haven't started a website yet but probably instagram uh tori underscore swills it's a classic username there. <laughs> T-O-R-I underscore S-W-I-L-L-Z. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice one. Yeah. You kids in the gram. Yep. You know? Cool. Yeah. I mean, every basically everything on my Facebook is like private. So unless I want like, you know, all your listeners to be my BFFs on Facebook, then yeah. they probably won't really see much of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they can be on the the gram. Yeah, they can be on the gram. All right, cool. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all those people out there on Instagram and Facebook Live for hanging out. This is episode 21 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. Uh, Really excited to have you guys kind of take a pause on some of the, you know, bigger topics, I guess, on some of the other episodes to, to, to get intro, like get get into some of the things that, that make me up into the way that I think and act so you can have better context on why I voice myself on some of the things that I do, how I do. Um, and, and hopefully you folks out there, you know, if you haven't come in contact with 
someone like Dylan, um, maybe you'll have a chance now to, to, to go jump in because it meant a lot to us with the way that we navigate. So much love out there. Hope you all have a unreal week and are going after what you want to do. Thank you for tuning into the Waking Up From Work podcast. Hey there, community. I actually did a good bit at the end right there to say goodbye to you. If any of you do want to see when we air these live on Facebook or Instagram live, follow us on Facebook at Waking Up From Work podcast or on Instagram at Dave Wake Up. And I usually do these live when I do them. I don't have like an unreal set schedule. So if you just pay attention to us posting when we're going to be on, you can catch it live. And I usually don't answer the questions live just because I'm trying to direct the content in a certain way, but I do always get back to people or go research content after if you want to kind of get into this with me. So that's a lot of fun. Wakingupfromwork.com is going to have those show notes. If you go wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes, and it's got those goodies. It's got some of the gear that we use. And I'm working on more that I'm going to start adding there shortly. But right now, it's kind of a hub that you can keep up with everything we're doing. If you're not driving right now and you're not doing something that's going to put you in danger, it would be dope if you took a second to give us a rating, Um, you know, be it good or bad. If you're listening this far, I'm betting that it's good because that's a long ass episode if you hate me. But uh, a rating would be amazing if you want to just keep up with us on any of that social. All that's amazing. We're getting such good support and uh, I want to do anything that I can to support you back. So hit us up on any of that social or email and uh, let us know your thoughts, what you want from us, what you're thinking. Uh, Even if you just want to tell me where your hustle's at, I just like to talk to people and broaden the community up on what we're after here. So next episode is going to be actually with my wife talking about some of the dynamics that have been inside our relationship for both pursuing dreams Uh, at the same time, which is good, but also some of the things that can come up along the way that you have to monitor if you're in a situation where you have a loved one and you're trying to navigate that landscape of how do we support each other and lift each other up all the time without putting someone else down to get to where we want to be at. It's, It's such a hard struggle with finance and living situations and the different things that your goals have to align them perfectly. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that I have such an amazing partner. I think that We're doing a pretty good job, but there's stuff that goes down. So she's about to take off her vet school and like, gosh, like eight or nine days. We're about to drive down to Tennessee. So I'm catching her when we both just hit our last day of work like three days ago. And uh, we're changing up our lives a whole bit. So there should be some good vibes in that conversation. A lot of real stuff that I want to bring to you guys so that that way you can hit this episode and, and bring something back. So much love out there, guys. Have a good one. Let's get ready to hustle.